Hello, and, again, welcome to the Aperture Science Computer Aided Enrichment Center. We hope your brief detention in the relaxation vault has been a pleasant one. Two True Freaks presents Hope of All Trades, hosted by Hope Molnax, a podcast by a girl unheard of! If this isn't Skywalker's filthy, obnoxious little pet. Where am I? Oh, girl. I won't trouble. It's a girl? Oh, yeah. You're right about that. She can violate my rights if... Hey! You make this, and you die a legend. Can I pee for I'm really glad that worked. Those would have been terrible last words. Hi, you guys. It's Hope. Um, so this is a little bit of an interesting situation. Uh, usually when I record podcasts, I record them on my computer, with my computer, and with a computer microphone. But I actually don't have that luxury today. Uh, I am currently sitting in my car, and I, uh, don't know how long I'll be sitting in my car. Uh, <laughs> I'm currently showing the life of a freelance writer, which is not only do you write random things and try to sell them, you also pick up random knick-knack jobs. So, um, by random I mean this. Last night I was babysitting, and today I drove about an hour to Decatur, and now I'm sitting in front of a house of people I don't know, and I'm waiting for a contractor to show up. So yeah, uh, and I'm getting paid just to sit in my car for who knows how long. The contractor could be here in 30 minutes, or he could be here in four hours. I just know he's coming today. So I figured, hey, what the heck, record a podcast. So I have a podcast set up. Uh, I'm ready to go. Um, I don't actually have my computer here to check facts, so if I misspeak, please be very, very forgiving. So how's everybody doing? Uh, I hope you guys are all doing well. I'm being a crazy freelance writer, but having fun with it, but, uh, what is life other than being random, um, so yeah, it's, life has been pretty good, um, for a little bit of news, uh, I found out last week, and, and this makes me a little sad, uh, it's, it's been kind of a sad week, so I'll start with the less sad one, and then I'll go on to the, uh, the more sad one, uh, so, news this week is I found out that Tokyo Pop is shutting down, Tokyo Pop is, uh, one of America's largest uh, manga distributors, and they're actually one of the biggest, like, main forces that brought manga and anime to America, and they had everything, these were the people who were in charge of the Sailor Moon comics, yeah, and Sailor Moon was, like, a mecca of, like, cornerstone of whatever, um... So, yeah, uh, they're shutting down, uh, they're closing their North American office May 31st, and, but, uh, I know their, I don't know if their UK office is being affected, because the UK office, uh, actually gets a lot of their distributions from America, but I do know that the Germany office is totally okay, uh, so, Germans, uh, you little shizes, uh, for getting your manga still, you son of bitches. Um, but yeah, it's, it's very sad, because there's a lot of, uh, things being affected, like, uh, in my very first show, uh, 
I reviewed the manga Alice in the Country of Hearts, and uh, book seven, I'm wanting to say, or it's six or seven, was about to come out, and now it's not. And the one that affects me the most, that I'm most upset about, is uh, Hitalia's being cancelled. And volume three was supposed to come out uh, May 31st, actually, and they cancelled any volumes coming out after May 4th. So after May 4th, anything coming out is just all gone. And it's, it sucks, because, like, you have all these fans, and they're waiting. And honestly, I thought Tokyo Pop was doing awesome. Um, but, you know, it just shows uh, the times, I guess. I, I know there's a lot of people, like, the uh, Borders books in my town just closed. I know Borders filed for bankruptcy. And that's just moving into a new age. We're moving to an age of Kindles and stuff. And I know that you have other companies like, uh, I think it's June Manga? They have an option where you can download your books to, like, Nooks and Kindles and, like, iPads and stuff. And that's the future of it. And it's kind of sad to me. Like, uh, there's nothing better than opening a comic book or a manga or just a new book in general and having that, like, new book smell. Not old books. Don't don't go to a used bookstore and, and, and smell them because then they smell like sweat and piss and they're disgusting. But go into a bookstore find a book and just open it and inhale it. That 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 new book smell smell is like so 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 good. Um so yeah, I'm I'm a little bummed that Tokyo Pop is closing. Um it it happens, you know. Uh, ho- I'm hoping it'll be picked up soon. I I heard there's a lot of prospects uh looking at picking up Tokyo Pop, but we don't actually know. Um yeah. Uh We'll see. We'll see what happens. Hold on. Anyway, so yeah. And then the other sad piece of news that happened this week is um, Elizabeth Slayton died. If if you don't know who Elizabeth Slayton is, she uh, played Sarah Jane Smith uh, on Doctor Who. And that just... I am a New Who fan, so I, I didn't get, you know, the whole, like, Pertwee and Baker years with her. But there's just something about her, like, even just in the new season. And and I watched Sarah Jane Adventures. I watched the, the entire first season, and I've been waiting to see the second season of it. But, you know, sci-fi, they don't ever bring shit over. They just make their own new shit. So they'll probably have an American version of Sarah Jane Adventures, just like they have an American version of Being Human. Whatever. Um, but um, it, it really did kind of hurt, because... I, I've only been a Doctor Who fan for a few years now, and uh, so especially any New Who companions, like I really like felt more attached to them because you know I don't I don't really know old Who, and so to actually sort of lose my the first companion or Doctor, well I, we didn't lose a Doctor but this is just an example. I knew losing a first companion or Doctor that I actually really cared about would suck. Um, but I, I didn't realize how much I would actually be really saddened by it, uh, to know that it was Sarah Jane. She was always just so brave and, like, so calm and cool and collected. And she was funny. And she was a classy lady. Not just Sarah Jane, but Elizabeth Sladen, from what I hear and what I've, like, read and seen about her. She's just a classy, classy lady. And it, it just... There, there's not really much words. It, it's just like when you lose anybody from a fandom... Um, you, you invest a lot of your time and your energy into the things you like, and then 
to to lose that little piece is like kind of losing yourself because you you lost that. I don't want to say you lost that time, but you know what I mean. You lost sort of something there, and then you you invested so much, and now it's, it's sort of not there anymore. So, I mean, I, I've never met Elizabeth Sladen. I'm sure she was very lovely, but um, it is still very very sad. Um, I am looking forward to seeing uh, how they're going to handle things with the Sarah Jane adventures. And I'm actually really looking forward to see how they handle it with the Doctor. Um, I, I think the Sarah Jane Adventures, as of a few weeks ago, was going to be up uh, uh, going f to its fourth season, I believe. And like I said, I don't have my computer in front of me, so correct me if I'm wrong, please. But um, they're probably going to cancel it, which sucks, because that was one of BBC's like highest kid shows. Um, but I, I would like to kind of see what happens. Like maybe Luke takes over or something and becomes, like, the ragtag pal. But what I'm more interested in seeing is I really want to see what happens with the Doctor. I think there could be a very, very touching moment where when he finds out that Sarah Jane has passed away or has, um... Or, and I, I don't even really want them to say how she passed away. I just want this moment of the Doctor at her grave and just taking in that, like, moment. Um, I just... I, I think that would just be a very beautiful... And I'm not saying that, like using her death for ratings or anything, um, would be great, but I think that would be a nice tribute to her, she, she dedicated so much of her life to Doctor Who, to actually have whoever is playing the Doctor, it'll probably still be Matt Smith, um, just taking a few moments, and just taking in, like, her passing, I just think that'd be a really beautiful tribute to her, so yes, uh, so Elizabeth Sladen, you will be missed, um, Let's move on to other, you know, happier things. Uh, so I have a very mixed show for you. Um, a few things just to talk about. Uh, I'm, I'm going to, <laughs> since I suggested to uh, Chris in the new Comics Monthly Monday to read Deadpool and Captain Britain, which I cannot wait to hear, um, but for some reason I can't download the episode and it makes me a sad panda. Um, I'm really interested to hear, hear it. Um, I actually wanted to go back and uh review it myself and i've never done a comic book review so this will be exciting um i would like to talk about uh, a new thing uh for called sing it for japan uh, we're going to talk a little bit about top chef canada because it's great um and uh i'm going to be setting up uh reviews um about books and i'll tell you more about that later so first and foremost we will talk about uh sing it for japan what that is, is that um, my favorite band in the entire world, and I think I've mentioned this before in a podcast, is My Chemical Romance. I love them so much. They they are kind of in the core of my music. Um, I grew up listening to them starting about ninth grade. Um, so as like I really went from that childhoodness of music to the more adult music, I kind of grew up with them. And um, Ray of My Chemical Romance has set up this, this website and this movement called Sing It For Japan. The sing comes from their song Sing from their new album. Um, and I actually played it a, f a few episodes back. Um, it comes from that album. And uh, what it is, it's um, a, a fun, a fun, see this is why I shouldn't do things for my car. Uh, I can't talk apparently in my car. Um, it's it's a foundation, and uh, I don't know if I think it's a foundation. I think it's a movement of some form. I can't think of the word. Fundraiser, or, no, it's not a fundraiser. 
Anyway, you donate money for Japan. <laughs> That's the simple way to do it. And there's different ways to do it. Um, there's t-shirts you can buy. Uh, I think there's a single, like an EP that you can buy. Um, and it's all these like specials. And it's just called singitsforjapan.com, I believe. But I'm pretty sure if you just Google sing it for Japan, it'll come up. Um, and I'm not sure if you there's a place for you know just donations, but you should just kind of check it out. Um, especially if you liked a few songs back, uh, a few episodes back when I played Sing. Um, I think you can actually like download the MP3, and all the proceeds go to Japan. And I'm always like woot woot when it comes to my band, my uh, not my band, but my favorite band. So next we will discuss something that I discovered last night. Um, I'm a huge Top Chef fan. I'm actually a pretty big fan of Bravo in general. Um, the only things about Bravo I don't like is, like, you know, bitchy bitch wives of Bitch County. Because, my God, they make Atlanta look like the most ghetto place in the entire world. Um, anyway. Um, I don't like bitchy bitch wives. And I don't like things where it's just like, oh, this famous woman's pregnant, and the only reason she's famous is because she's on Bravo, so she's not really famous, whatever. But I really like their competition shows. I missed Project Runway uh, on uh, Bravo. I really do. I I cry when I can't turn on Bravo and see Tim Gunn smiling back at me, because honestly, I wish Tim Gunn was my gay uncle, because I'd walk up, I'd be like, hi, little Tim, and he'd be like, hey, Hope, and I'd be like, oh, what are you doing today? He's like, Let's go shopping. Honestly, you guys are all drabby. Let's make it work. And I'd be like, okay, Uncle Tim, let's go shopping. Yay. Um, Tim Gunn, come be my uncle. Huh. And I miss Tim Gunn's guide to style. But anyway, this, con- this conversation is not about Project Runway. But um, uh, uh, I love Top Chef. I-, I love reality competition shows. I'm not talking like uh, biggest rates loser or whatever. I'm, I'm like the ones that actually, you know, have talent. I really like, like, The Sheer Genius, I really like, um, uh, 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 that one, uh, 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 the, the, the new fashion, the fashion show, um, <laughs> there you go, and, like, Top Chef is probably my all-time favorite. I've been a fan of Top Chef since season two, um, and they're, they just finished season seven, I want to say, season eight, season seven, around there, and, um, a squirrel just, like, ran on my car. Like, it jumped down and ran across my hood. Where the hell am I? Um, and even then, I, I went back and I watched season one of uh, Top Chef. So, I, I've been a very avid fan. And they just ended a season. And I always get so sad when they end, like, the seasons. Because I don't really like Top Chef Masters. They're all, like, really... And I know they're masters, and they've been doing their work for, like, a bajillion and twelve years. And they're, they're, like, the world's best chefs, but they're such assholes doing it. That's why I kind of like Top Chefs, because they're all sort of novice. I mean, they're not, like, novice, because a lot of them are executive set chefs in restaurants and stuff. But they're not quite as jerky. They're not, like, in the top 100 chefs in the world and, like, throw their pedigree around like it's birdseed to birds. Um, and and I, I tried watching uh, Top Chef Just Desserts. I, I kind of want to do it again, because it was in the middle of the semester, so I never really got a chance to watch it. But all the episodes I caught, it was only kind of okay. It wasn't as good. And besides, there, there, there is. I like drama in my shows, but there was just too much drama in that show. Uh, mainly because there was one guy who was a real creep, 
and he was all like, oh, I love women in black dresses and boobs, and I'm so straight, but let me throw my dick around. Um, but at the same time, he, uh, and then there's these, like, this one other really, really, like, bitchy gay, and I love gay men, but he, he gave bitchy gays a bad name. Um, and you wonder why people don't like gay people, because of people like him, because he was just flat out mean to people, and was like, well, it's okay, you can't say anything because I'm gay. Anyway, um, I'm getting way off topic, but I, I really like talk stuff. I kind of like seeing, like, the different personalities, and of course you get your fan favorites, and then you get crazy, crazy people, and I actually think the last, uh, last season was awesome. Last season was absolutely amazing, because what they did, they, they did Top Chef All-Stars, and what that was, was, um, Top Chef All-Stars, is they took, like, uh, people who almost didn't win, or anyone who didn't win Top Chefs that, like, either did really good, which was about, like, Top 6-ish, Top 7-ish, and they, they did the competition that way. And so they actually got a second chance at the title of Top Chef. And, and my boy, uh, okay, big spoiler, I'm about to tell you who won Top Chef All-Stars. So you might want to fast forward, like, like, ten seconds. I'm going to count down from ten and then say it. So, spoiler, ready? Ten, nine, eight, seven, six, five, four, three, two, one. Anyway, my boy Richard Blaze won, and I really like him a lot because he's, he's an Atlanta boy, um, I'm very excited for him, and I thought he was, I thought he should have won his season, honestly. I mean, as much as I liked the girl who won his season, I really thought he should have won. But uh, I, I really liked that season, so I started thinking of, uh, you know, different top chefs that I would really love to see. Is I kind of, like, after the All-Star season, I sort of want to see, like, top chef losers, where they take, like, the first person out of uh, every season that was sent home and have them compete against each other. So it's all of their second chances at redemption. So it's like, I mean, it's kind of sort of like the biggest loser, but with Top Chef, because it's like whoever, you guys were the first to go and you all suck, but hey, here's your second chance. Um, and so being claimed like whoever the winner of the losers are, that, that I just think that'd be like a really interesting concept because you don't really see, you know, Top like, you don't usually see those, like, first people ever again. You might see them at the reunion show, but they don't talk. The camera doesn't focus on them, because you never got a chance to really get to know them at all. So, yeah. So, I would like to see Top Chef losers, and I want to see, like, Top Chef, like, super mega awesome all-stars. So, you take the winners from all the season, and you're trying to find the winner of all the winners. And I just... I think that should be, like, the very last season of Top Chef. The very last season should be, like, all... If, if they're, like, canceling the show, so it should be just be, like, Top Chef super all-time winner episodes. That just be so cool. But anyway, the reason I started this entire conversation is they just ended um, a season of Top Chef, and now they're in Top Chef Masters, and I hate it. And I hope Top Chef just says, desserts don't come up, and I was just thinking, like, man, how am I going to get my Top Chef fixed? gonna suck, and I was browsing around watch series, and I was looking for the new episodes, I was actually looking for the new episode of Ghost Hunters, and I saw something get put up, and it caught my interest, and if you've heard the show before, you guys all know I'm a big Catalia fan, and I'm, um, and my, my favorite character is Canada, and so I, I've gone, like, on this Canada trip, like, I have a Can Canadian flag on my purse, and people always ask why I'm from Canada, I'm like, no, I just love it. Um, so I have this big obsession with Canada, 
So when I was on Watch Series and I saw Top Chef Canada, oh, I got super excited. So I watched the first two episodes. I did great, honestly. It's it's not only kind of stereotypical, it's just kind of funny. And when I say stereotypical, in the first episode, someone made pretty much pancakes and maple syrup, maple syrup being a huge staple in Canada and stuff like that. Someone made pancakes and maple syrup, and he was in the top four. He had, like, a really good running to win the challenge. And in episode two, like, two more people used maple syrup. So every time they use... I, I actually want to see if they someone uses maple syrup at, at every episode. And if they do, I'm going to laugh. <laughs> and, and the contestants are actually really interesting. Um, it, it's fun seeing people from a different part of the world and kind of seeing the influences. Because, uh, you know, usually when you're in America, like, if you if you were given a challenge to your background, you, you know, you might do, uh, like, southern food and, or uh, maybe Latino food or uh, or Mexican food or even, like, Italian or something like that. But when they, the first challenge, they had to make a, a dish that defines them. Two of the chefs did Ukrainian food because there's a really big population of U, of Ukrainians in Canada. And so it's very interesting to see kind of the differences between the two shows. Um, but one thing I'm kind of getting used to is the judges. Uh, it's not Tom Colicchio. It's not uh, Padma. It's not, like, Gail Simmons. Though I did see that Gail Simmons was going to be on later in the season, which makes sense because she's Canadian and she does Top Chef here. Um, so I'm actually very interested. Uh, these judges are mean. I always heard that Canadians were nice. Judges are are pretty pretty harsh. Um, I have to say the male judge is about as harsh as Anthony Bourdain is on Top Chef. Only he doesn't say like wild things like him wanting to make love to meat because it was so good. Um, but this guy is so dry. That's kind of the funny thing. He's just dry and deadpan. He'll just look right at you and be like, "It sucked. I want you to know that I don't think you should ever cook ever again." Um, it sort of was like eating vomit, um, I don't think you have much use in my life, please walk out the door. Like, he's just so flat and deadpan, and kind of makes it fun to watch. Um, but, <laughs> the, the, the female host is a little bubbly, um, but <laughs> she's kind of yelled at times, she, she's either just like, oh, that's real nice, yeah, 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 she's like, top chef, everybody, we're on top chef, and I'm yelling, cause I'm the host. I'm just like, lady, find a find a middle ground here, please. Um, but I really like it so far, and and the contestants are really interesting. Um, one guy is like French Canadian, so, <laughs> and there's another guy, and oh my God, he's a bear, and by bear I mean a uh, gay, like the gay version of a bear, and he's such a sweetheart, except for when he was wearing short shorts and doing the worm. It was really funny because he's this big bulky guy, and hairy guy, and he's wearing short shorts, and it was so cute. Um, but it, it's very interesting. The only thing I'm wondering is there's only three women. And that, that makes me sort of think about the audition process. Uh, I don't know if there has to be, like, a, like a ratio of men to women. But there's, like, three women out of, like, 12, 14, how many people they started with. So I'm wondering, like, is it just not a lot of women stepped up to par? Are there not as many women chefs in Canada as there are in America? Or is it just, like, they were the best contenders and they really, truly, honestly chose the 12 best people? So, we'll see how it goes. Uh, so, I, I suggest that you should probably check out Top Chef Canada. If you're a Top Chef fan and you're jonesing, um, it is a little bit different from the American version. Um, but it's still pretty good. Um, I, I, I watched it on watchseries.com. 
or, or not .net. It's .com or .net. Just Google Watch Series, and it will totally come up. And then go always go to where it says uh, this week's episodes, and you'll get an ABC. If you go to shows, you'll get, like, nothing. So definitely go to where it says uh, this week's episodes, and then you can choose stuff. So yes, watchseries.com. Uh, just be careful. Some of the uh, some of the sites that pop up will give you pop-ups. So just make sure your ad blocker is on and your antivirus is working. And I'm not saying it's going to give you a virus. I'm just saying that you know the ads do. So yeah, <laughs> that just made you not want to go there. Yeah. All right. So I have seen you yeah, Tough Chef. Um. Oh, I guess it's time to review uh, my main event of this episode. And review uh, Deadpool and Captain America. So I'm gonna put you down for a second, because I'm on my portable MP3 player. So Deadpool and Captain America, uh, not Captain America, Captain Britain. So what it is is uh, it's it was my first time actually ever reading a Deadpool comic, and I I always heard things about Deadpool. Oh, are you still recording? I always heard uh, things about Deadpool. Um, I always heard that it was, like, crazy funny, and, uh, and I knew from beforehand that he broke the fourth wall. But I've never seen anything with Deadpool, uh, um, I've never, like, I didn't watch the new Wolverine movie, so I didn't, like, see him in that and see how apparently bad he was. So, um, I really hope you guys can hear me. I'm gonna put you guys right here, and I hope you guys can hear me. So, uh, I can't wait to hear Chris's review, um, because I thought this comic was absolutely hilarious. So, um... It opens, uh, with Deadpool having, uh, this, like, fantasy dream where he's running around as James Bond, and, uh, well, someone, actually, because I've never read Deadpool, and I haven't had the time, oh, wait, I think the Inspector's here, and if he is, if the contractor Inspector is here, then, uh, I'm gonna go, and I'll review Deadpool from the comfort of my own house. So, yeah. Oh, it is him. Okay. Bye, guys. Alright, bye-bye. happens when I record podcasts on two totally different days. So from the first half of this podcast, it's about a week later. And yeah. <laughs> but a lot has happened this last week. Um what uh it is currently May second, twenty eleven. And um this is really important because it's the day after uh President Obama announced that Osama bin Laden hasn't killed um, which is a wonderful day in the life of uh, in the life of America, um, and all Americans and the people who lost their lives in 9/11, and and not even that, it's a wonderful day in the state of the world. Um, 
I find it interesting in this, the span of this podcast, I talked about not only the death of Elizabeth Sladen, but also the death of Osama bin Laden. Um, and I, I just wanted to uh, share and, and talk about it a little bit. Um, this, this day is important to me, and uh, I wrote a, a note about it on my Facebook page. Um, I'll probably post it in the uh, show notes of this. Um, and if you can tell, I'm a, I'm a little bit tired right now. I was up till about 6 a.m. watching the coverage of it, and then I, I woke up early to be able to come home. But uh, my computer, being the dumb kid it is, it's not letting me record stuff. So once again, I'm recording on my MP3 player. But I wanted to uh, share a note that I wrote on my Facebook, and I'm, I'm just going to read it straight from what it is, uh, straight from the page. So here we go. Looking back at the last 10 years is a time that has not only shaped our country, but shaped me as an individual. I remember when, 9/11, when the 9-11 attacks happened. That morning, I had missed the bus and my mom was driving me to school. We were minutes away when, when an announcement came over the radio. It was saying how a plane had hit one of the World Trade Center towers. The speaker was reporting live from New York. He said how, as he stated how terrible the situation was, I remember his voice going quiet. He said that another plane was coming in, and then he cried out in dismay, Oh my God, it hit the second tower. I was 14 and scared, not quite comprehending what what I was hearing. More than anything, I remember staring at my mother. We stopped at a red light, and she looked me in the eye and said, Hope, this is not an accident. At school, I ran up the stairs to my math teacher's room. I'd always been fond of Mr. Jones. He was a jovial man and maybe actually enjoy learning math. But when I told him what had happened, he frowned and sounded angry. That's not funny. You shouldn't joke about so, about something like that. I remember going home that afternoon to find my older sister in tears. If you know me, I look up to my sister more than most people. In my eyes, she is one of the strongest women I know. To see my, one of my personal heroes sobbing, scared that being 18 meant she was going to be drafted, devastated me. I remember worrying about my cousin, Kimmy. I knew she lived in Washington, D.C. and worked near the Pentagon. I had heard the story about how she came out of a meeting and went into her office. She heard an explosion and looked out the window. Across the street, the Pentagon was on fire. She snatched up her phone and called her husband, saying, John, get the kids and go home. She hung up and realized she didn't even tell him what had happened. When she tried to call back, all the lines were busy. She told my mom that it was the longest car drive she had ever experienced because Kimmy didn't know if her husband and her children were safe. I remember holding my niece for the first time, knowing that she and later my nephew would have to grow up in a world after 9-11. I remember being 18 and attending a theater camp called Firespark. In one of our meetings to write our own play, we sat in a circle and talked about 9-11. One of the girls had been terrified that day because she at the time lived in the city where Walmart had its corporate office. Being one of the wealthiest companies in our country, she had been scared that it would be bombed. I remember getting an email from my friend Chris who was serving in Iraq. He had sent me a picture of him sitting on Saddam Hussein's throne. I remember reading Melissa Nelly's book, Harry a History, for the first time. I repeatedly read the chapter about 9-11 and how she reached out to the Harry Potter fandom. Her sister, if I remember correctly, had gone to the World Trade Center that day. In the several hours until they found out she was alive, Melissa talked and swapped information with other Harry Potter fans online, also looking for loved ones. 
I remember watching Plumfield, Iraq at the University of West Georgia. As I watched my peers portray the broken lives of soldiers since 9-11, trying to piece together their together normalcy, I had wondered if we'd even made any progress at all. Like all these events, I remember last night, how I was talking on the phone with Megan. I pulled up Facebook and saw Zach Decider's saddest update of, Turn on your televisions, Osama bin Laden is dead. I've changed over the last 10 years myself. I could never go into the army, but I support and respect people who do. So I decided to take a different route. After seeing the world we were thrown into that September morning, I wanted to make my own contribution to help. It was three years and two months ago that I joined the Harry Potter Alliance. In that time, I can proudly say that I've made an impact on the world around me. I urge that if you, if the, I urge that if the army is not for you, then join or contribute to a humanitarian organization. Though this day is a glorious one for American history, we do not need to forget the people who have been ravaged in the South by tornadoes and suffered earth through earthquakes in both Haiti and Japan. Already on videos and news reports, there have been comments about how mus all Muslims need to die. This is wrong. Islam, like Christianity, is a peaceful religion. Both President Bush and President Obama have made it clear over the years that this is a war against Al-Qaeda, not Islam. We as Americans need to embrace this fact, too. Our Arab American neighbors are just as happy as everyone else over this event. Let's not break ourselves apart more over this. Let's celebrate together. No one knows what's going to happen now. Clark Howard said on the radio today that it, we have cut off the head of the snake. But if you're from the South like I am, you might know that other snakes are drawn to the scent of a dead one. Whether or not terrorists will retaliate, we, need to be st we still need to be prepared and support our troops. I believe that we should all follow Canadian Prime Minister Stephen Harper's example and receive the news of the death of Osama bin Laden with sober, with sober satisfaction. And that's what I wrote. Um, to, to continue on this, I, I believe that um, the coming weeks and months and even years uh, will be uh, one that is very decisive for not only us but also for our allies um, and, and pretty much for the free world as well. Um, I, I support what happened. Uh, not everyone does, but I do. Um, as much as I support us finding Saddam Hussein and taking him out as well, um, that is just what I believe. Uh, everybody else is entitled to what they believe as well. Um, I'm not sharing this because of the fact that uh, it's going to be... I'm, I'm not sharing this because of the fact that I want this to blow up to a huge discussion uh, about whether or not we were right or wrong. I'm just reporting this as a simple podcaster who is sharing a historical moment with my listeners. And um, I, I strongly... Uh, support the fact that this has happened, and I believe that the world is moving towards a better and brighter future. Uh, I, f I find it interesting seeing uh, how people have responded. Uh, probably my favorite response was, uh, and anyone who knows me knows that I'm a huge Braves fan. I love baseball. Um, and even though I'm not a fan of the Phillies or the Mets, uh, I really enjoyed watching videos from the Philly and Mets game last night. Um, <laughs> watching people as they, they as they found out about this, 
and seeing the poor baseball players because they were the very last people to know actually what was going on. And just watching how confused they were standing on the field and hearing everybody around them chant USA, USA. And when they finally found out, uh, watching their reactions to it and reading their Twitter responses and just, just look it up on the web, like Google Phillies Mets game, uh, Osama bin Laden and you'll find it. Um, but I, I'm really happy, uh, this happened. It, it's a step forward, but it's also we need to be prepared about the retaliations. Already, the Taliban has said that they will uh, seek revenge against us for doing this and against our allies. But um, we're, we're moving forward. I mean, just last week in uh, Dusseldorf, Germany, they foiled an Al Qaeda attempt to blow up a bus in Germany. So it's just not the United States that's constantly in danger. It's the entire free world. Um, but as I said in what I wrote, this is not a time to seek out and be hateful towards Muslims because it is not Islam that we are fighting. It is Al-Qaeda. This is a war on terrorism. This is a war against the free world. If anything, we need to seek out and embrace differences in our culture. Because the more we learn about each other and other cultures and other religions, even if we don't completely agree, if we can find a common ground, we will take another step closer towards becoming a free world and a global community. Already with advances of the Internet, we are becoming a smaller and smaller world and becoming a global community. And I just wanted to share that with you guys. So to uh, to continue from my uh, last podcast, uh, or the first, I guess the first half of this is the best way to describe it, I was about to jump into a review of Deadpool uh, teaming up with Captain Britain. I wanted to focus on this because of the fact that Chris reviewed it in the last Comic Monthly Mondays under my suggestion, um, which I found very humorous and very funny, and I, I really enjoyed listening to it, Chris. Um, so I'm just going to sort of build on that. If you want to hear uh, what he said, then listen to the last episode of Comic Monthly Mondays. If I was a good podcaster, I would have it pulled up in front of me right now so I can tell you exactly what number it was, of uh, which episode it was. So hold on. It's uh, Comic Monthly Mondays number 29, and it's episode 185 of Two True Freaks. So Deadpool Team Up. It's number 893. Uh, yes, Chris, I was the one that told you that they started at episode 900 and working backwards. And if you liked this episode, I really enjoyed Deadpool teaming up with Thor. It was very funny because he was pretty much a little fangirl the entire time. And my favorite part of that issue was Thor punches him in the face and Deadpool looks right at the audience and gives a thumbs up and says, Fanboy Squee! Woo! <laughs> so... Yeah, so Deadpool starts off uh, dreaming about being James Bond, as um, as uh, Chris mentioned. And when he wakes up, he wakes up to Tan. Tan is uh, Asian. Um, I think he's from Vietnam. Um, and <laughs> I, I've realized that uh, Tan is a reoccurring character in these team-up issues, and he absolutely hates and despises Deadpool and hates having to do anything um, Deadpool is, the way Deadpool is, uh, he breaks the fourth wall, which I find very interesting in his comics. 
And if I remember correctly, there's even a comic where he goes on a trip to try and, like, he doesn't want to be out in the open anymore. And he tries to get rid of all his own fans because he doesn't want to be out in the spotlight anymore. And it fails miserably because there are so many fans of Deadpool. So you go on and you see Captain Britain being briefed on uh, the fact that Slaymaster who has been killed apparently either in a previous issue of Captain Britain or just in the past sometime. But people are trying to find his embassy and stuff. And I have to say about this Captain Britain, I've seen other things, and he wears this really uh, dumb dirt dirt mask. And so I really enjoy the fact that I can actually see his pretty face. Um, so he flies off, and Deadpool uh, gets there first. And he gets shoved into these lasers and gets pretty much chopped up into cat food. And, um, the evil bad guy, who, what is your name, evil bad guy? I do not know your name. Let's see, I'm talking in this funny accent because I'm reading about Captain Britain. Yay! Um, what is your name? What is your name? Ah, well, look. Look how much of a terrible podcaster I am. Anyway, we're going to move on to the bad guy of this episode. Goes off and turns off all the security systems. And we get into one of my favorite conversations of the entire book. And um, Captain Burton shows up as Deadpool is regenerating. And he goes, uh, Know this. I will not allow you to take up his weapon and his mantle. And Deadpool looks at him and goes, Who is mental? What? You said he's mental. Well, that's if you're, uh, well, if you were South African, that would have sounded like. <laughs> and Captain Britain curiously looks at him and goes, N- What? No, I said his mantle. Who's mental? No one's mental. I would be, I wouldn't be so sure about that. <laughs> and, and so they, they're going back and forth about that. And as they're fighting themselves, Slave Master, where, ah, it's the Slave Master. Slave Master, that's who it is, shows up and he has donned all of the bad guys' weaponry and stuff. So they start fighting the Slaymaster, and Deadpool and Captain Burton realizes that they have to team up. So they grab the culture shop text, thinking it's a gun, and they switch cultures, which has another one of my favorite, favorite interactions, where the culture swap technology initiates and says that the targets are English and American, and Deadpool corrects them and says Canadian, and the, the machine very nicely says, whatever. So they switch cultures. And Deadpool is, like, so British, and he can't attack Slaymaster because it's not a part of his British soul. But Captain Britain, on the other hand, punches him out the freaking ceiling and goes, Yeah! Time to go for a ride! And being all zealous and stuff. So, um, Slaymaster and Captain Britain are fighting, and they're having, uh, uh, Captain Britain's about to get destroyed. Oh, no, but who shows up? Deadpool dressed like a British knight on a mechanical horse. And he's about to take down Slaymaster, but then he can't do it because, uh, 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 where's it say? Super English, imagine it. None of us, uh, none of the negative, just the positive. The nobility, the heroism, the grit, the pluck, the honesty. And then he stops and goes, the strange, paralyzing inability to finish off a helpless foe because it just wouldn't be proper. And Slaymaster is about to take out Deadpool when suddenly he explodes. 
and there's Captain Britain with the biggest gun that he could possibly find says, I inherited my American nature from Deadpool, bitch. And Deadpool looks at him and goes, bitch? It felt right. And therefore is the end of Captain America teaming up with Deadpool. Or Captain Britain teaming up with Deadpool. What I really like about this is um, I'm very interested in all the other nations' captains. I honestly want to see Marvel do a, a big old, I guess, team up of all the captains from different countries. So it's like Captain America, Captain Britain, Captain Canuck, which I really want to see Captain Canuck. I'm looking for comics with Captain Canuck because I hear he's so bad that it's fantastic because it's terrible. And it, I always love reading terrible things because they're usually really funny, like Twilight. Um, and see other different captains like Hoffman Deutschland, uh, which is the German cap, which is pretty much Captain Germany and stuff like that. So that's what I would like to see. I would like to see a team up of all the captains, and they're trying to like, you know, do their own thing by the nature of their country, but they realize they have to work together to be like a global captain. I guess Captain Earth will, or Captain Earth team or whatever, um, and to save the world. So that is Deadpool and Captain Britain. I'm very excited, and I, I highly suggest it. I enjoy reading them. And um, I've, like I said, I've read a few of the other Deadpool team-ups. Um, another one of my favorites is when Deadpool teamed up with The Thing from Fantastic Four. Um, and what happened is he, Deadpool found out that professional wrestling is, in fact, fake, and he was so upset by it that he started fighting The Thing. It's a very good read. So, moving on. Uh, has any, I can't remember, and this is another problem about recording a podcast a week later after I recorded the first part. I can't remember if I've talked about Young Justice. Um, but we're going to talk about it again. Sorry if you're hearing it again. Um, I've really enjoyed watching Young Justice on Cartoon Network. Uh, it's, it's the brand new show. Um, I, what I really like about it is I was a huge Teen Titans fan. I really, really, really liked Teen Titans. It was one of the few shows left on Cartoon Network that actually, you know, had plot lines and overlapping plot arches that went the entire season. And uh, I'm I'm really excited about reading this because I, I really am interested in the relationship between the superheroes and their sidekicks. Um, I, I find that relationship very interesting and that dynamic between them because they're not only just trying to, you know, save the world and stuff like that, they're not quite father figures, but they're trying to be in a way in becoming these mentors uh, in these young adults' lives. Um, what I like about this show is, hey, the animation is just great. I really, really like it a lot. Um, I was very surprised when I first saw it because I thought it was going to be very Teen Titan-y. Uh, so it has that, like, fake anime, yay, sparkles, hi, hi, puppy, yummy, yummy, yay. And I thought it was going to be like that, but it's not. It's very, very crisp, it's beautiful, and the action sequences, uh, sometimes I go, really, Cartoon Network? You're just like, stop somebody, why are you on Cartoon Network? But I feel the same way about Symbionic Titan. If you ever get a chance to watch a TV show, Symbionic Titan, I do not believe that it should be on Cartoon Network. That is a dark show. An entire episode showing one of the main characters being bullied and being, like, beaten up and punched and, like, left in the rain and being openly bullied, and it's just the darkest show I've ever seen. Well, for a cartoon, I guess I should say. The darkest cartoon I've ever seen. Um, anyway, Young Justice. But I really, really enjoy the show. Um, I like how it's set up. 
The first two-part episode is pretty much how Robin, Aqualad, and Kid Flash find uh, Superboy. Um, it's set in Earth-16 of the DC multiverse, um, which, honestly, I hate to admit it, I really don't know what that means. Uh, I know there's, like, multiple Earths and multiple crises and so on and so forth, but I'm sure if I ever get the urge to, I can just look it up on Wikipedia and get a better explanation. But anyway, it's set in that time. And first I want to say is I really like Robin. Uh, I believe it's... Uh, 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 Dick Grayson, um, because it's not Timmy Drake, or actually it might be Timmy Drake, ugh, I don't know what Robin you are, Wikipedia, activate, I believe it's Dick Grayson, because Timmy, no, 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 it's Timmy Drake, I'm sorry, I'm so wrong, it is Timmy Drake, because I remember being really upset, because it's not Dick Grayson, that's where it's different from, uh, Teen Titans, because it's not going to be the future Nightwing, so it's definitely Timmy Drake, um, which I was actually kind of sad it wasn't Jason Todd, because I was hoping that he would go crazy and show up in the future and just start beating everybody up, because I love Jason Todd, and I'm glad it's not Damien, because Damien is a little shit. Um, I really like uh, Robin, because of the fact that he tried so hard to be the leader, because he's so used to being the leader, and he has the most training, but he's actually, surprisingly, out of all of them, the youngest of the team. And they were all looking to Robin being the youngest. And I, I liked the one episode where they were trying to figure out who the leader of this team would be. And they realized that even though Robin has the most training, he's not the best leader. So they all look to Aqualad. This is not like little, like, Speedo Aqualad. This is like, wow, he is a beautiful, sexy, young man, calm-headed, awesome Aqualad. Aqualad is an original character. His, this, this, this uh, design of Aqualad is original for the show, and Aqualad kicks ass. He's actually one of my favorite characters in the show. He kind of, think of like a kick-ass Buddhist monk who is Aqualad. <laughs> That's a great way to describe him, because he's so calm. He rarely loses his temper. His head is about 99.9% .9 in the game, except for one episode where he had to go home for a while. Um, and it's, he, he's really awesome. Um, and he's strong too, man. He was holding his own against Superboy, uh, which I, I was really found surprising because Superboy like went to go punch him and he blocked it and was able to like throw the kid. And I, I was astonished by that. So Aqualad is probably my favorite character in this entire series. Um, I like Kid Flash. I like Kid Flash because of the fact that um, he is your witty, quippy guy and he constantly sticks his foot in his mouth like when he tried to hit on Black Canary Black Canary then kicked his ass and she she's the mentor of Young Justice and she looks to them and said okay what did Kid Flash do wrong and Robin raised his hand and said uh he hit on the teacher and then got schooled so it's just little things like that that I really enjoy about the show uh Speedy isn't it it's Boy Speedy which is Roy I believe um which I was kind of sad. I was hoping if they brought in Speedy at all, it would be uh, Mia. Um, but he refuses to join the team. Spoiler alert. But, yeah, that's just the way Speedy is. Um, anyway, so in the first two episodes, they find Superboy, who you find out is a straight clone from uh, from Superman, which leads in Superboy constantly being just very like, Rawr, I have daddy issues. Because he wants, he wants to be a part of Superman's life. And Superman... And Superman's like, uh, you're not my kid. I don't know what to do with you. Lois, Lois, 
I don't know. Oh, but Lois Lane's not in the show. Bruce. Bruce and Bruce Wayne is like, dude, you have to talk to this kid. He's really confused. Uh, he sort of needs his father, and, and Superman's like, I'm not his father. And Superboy's like, you are my father. Be my daddy. Um, so, but but uh, I realized over the course of watching the first nine episodes that Superboy's main word that he says the most is rawr. He usually gets mad and then yells like a banshee and just starts beating stuff up. He doesn't really talk. <laughs> <laughs> he just kind of yells like a gorilla, which makes me laugh. Um, as as they go on, they get joined by Miss Martian. Um, I'm very interested in this relationship, actually, between Superboy and Miss Martian. They seem to be, like, hooking up slowly but surely. But honestly, um, I, if Miss Martian hadn't showed up, I would have really wondered. Uh, there's, there's an artist on DeviantArt, uh, who picked several pictures and screen captures throughout the first nine episodes. And every single one of them is, you know, either, like, Superboy, like, touching, like, Robin on the chest, or Kid Flash, like, grabbing and holding back uh, Aqualad, or Aqualad and Superboy, like, like oh, touching each other's shoulders. And, oh, my God, if Miss Martian had not had shown up, this would have been a big gay show. Just a big gay, yowie, uh, man love show because they're, they're constantly like comforting each other and touching each other. And that's okay, you know, men can touch and comfort each other, but I, I would have been like, oh my god, what is going on? This is not only Young Justice, this is also going to be called Young Male Orgy. But uh, I really like Miss Martian. Um, I, at first she was a little annoying, uh, but she's, she's growing on me a lot, mainly because, uh, I don't like when she's like, uh, duh, Megan, blah, 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 and then she talks to herself. But, um, I really like her character and how she's, you know, kind of more human than actually a lot of the other characters. Um, her and, uh, Kid Flash really are the most human out of all of them, which I find interesting because she's an alien. And then the last person who joins the team is Arsenal. Uh, Arsenal is a girl, uh, you really, don't know her, uh, who she is, uh, her, um, what's it called when you, um, oh, I'm sorry, not Arsenal, Artemis, it's Artemis, um, you, you don't know who her background is, uh, or her real name, and this is another point where I was a little sad, I was hoping it was going to be the female feeding Mia, I was really hoping, especially since Artemis is the, uh, is Green Arrow's new sidekick after Speedy goes off to become Red Arrow. Um, spoiler alert again. Sorry about that. Uh, so I was hoping that she would be uh, Mia, but I, I kind of like her too. I like her mainly because she can hold her own against Kid Flash, and they quip a lot, and they're probably going to fall in love and stuff um, because they're heavily hinting at that, just as heavily as they're hinting at uh, Superboy and Miss Martian to get together. Um, which I actually really like. I'm glad they're adding romance into all of this because of the fact that Teen Titans, they danced around that so much. And they finally got to, uh, Starfire and Robin finally kissed in the really bad Teen Titans movie, uh, Trouble in Tokyo and everything. So, yeah, I highly suggest watching Young Justice. It's a really awesome show. And, uh, look for it. Uh, it's starting back up in June again. So... Yes, I, I, I hope you, I highly suggest it. It's a really good, worthy show, especially if you like any of the old Justice League or Superman or Batman cartoons. All right, and finally, the very last thing, um, something to sort of look forward to, I guess. I don't know. You might want to look forward to this or not. But uh, something I originally talked about with Chris a long time ago when I decided to start the podcast 
was about, you know, maybe doing, like, reviews of stuff, you know, that's not comics, and, and not, you know, what we, Two True Freaks normally talks about. And so, uh, I was thinking about what to do, and I'm almost finished reading David Sedaris's, uh, Me Talk Pretty One Day. Fantastic book. Absolutely think everyone should read it, but I also really like David Sedaris. Anyway, but, um, I thought about doing, um, a book review of the next book I have on my list. Um, my best friend is a huge Anne Rice fan, and I thought after the Bashing Twilight episode, I would dive into a- another vampire thing, ribbon-doodle, kebabber. So, I have Anne Rice's Blood and Gold. Um, I know people more know, like, the Vampire Lista and Queen of the Damned and, um, Interview with the Vampire because, you know, those are the big ones and... The staff's like the main character, and then Interview with the Vampire and Queen of the Dam were both turned into movies. So I'm going for one of the other ones. Um, so probably what I'll do over the next several podcasts, I'll probably read so many chapters and make notes as I go, and sort of mark things, and then I'll, I'll give a review. So yes, Blood and Gold. Well, I will start reading it. And like I said, I'm almost done with, uh, um, what's it called, Me Talk Pretty One Day, and the only reason I'm not starting this now is because, you know, I, at one point, will be reading five books, and I'll never finish any of them, so I'm determined to finish one book before I start the next. And, you know, if, if this goes really well, uh, I, I think I might continue this. Uh, I know I would like to read Howl's Moving Castle again, uh, because the author, whose name is slipping out of my mind right now, uh, she died recently, or if he died recently. Is it a man or a woman? It's a woman. She died recently, um, and House Moving Castle is one of my favorite books of all time. Um, I also have Inkheart, because I've always started Inkheart, but I've, once again, I've never finished it. So, yeah, I'll, every few chapters I'll read it and then mark stuff and then record stuff about it and kind of do a review of Blood and Gold, but you know this will have spoilers, so I don't think any of you, you men or even ladies out there probably would be like, oh no, the beautiful pretty vampires are going to be spoiled. Oh no. So yes. Alright, that's it. I'm honestly really interested to see how this this uh, episode edits, judging that I've recorded two pretty much two separate episodes over the course of uh over the course of like a week and a half. So yes. Um my name is Hope Molinex. You've been listening to Hope of All Trades, uh and thank you all for your time and your patience and also God bless America. Because we are moving into uh, the next stage of a historical time in American history. All right. Have a great day, everybody. Goodbye.